This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, and a sad hello for the last topic of the evening. We'll get to that. In oh, a you're bit. teasing the last topic. <laughs> it's a sad for for me. It's I know sad. it's not really sad for anybody else. Don't speak for anybody else. Just me. Um, but I thought we'd start out with how government is conducted in the United States. And for those of you who don't understand how government works, and there's, there may be one or two of you out there, are you going to play uh, Ben Sass? Or? No, okay. I, that's 15 minutes. <laughs> he did a long speech. It was a good speech. It was a good speech. <laughs> it was a long speech. No. So what we're talking about is the Supreme Court nominations. The president nominates, the Senate reviews, the Judiciary Committee reviews, and then it goes to the full Senate if, if they decide right. to do that. So Brett Kavanaugh was nominated by Trump in July uh, for retiring Kennedy, and to, the hearing started yesterday. Well, I'll call them hearings because I think that's the technical term. I believe it was called a three-ring circus by others. Yeah. Uh, that That's the charitable description. That's a nice description. So I believe there were – I've got a clip here. Just give me your reaction to this. So let, let, me, let me play this. Senate Dems hijacking the hearing just seconds into it over a dispute about the release of the Supreme Court nominees' records, claiming they haven't had enough time to go over them. <laughs> Sure. 42,000 pages of documents that we have not had an opportunity to review, no, or read, or analyze. Yes. You are out, you're out of order. I'll proceed. We cannot possibly move forward, Mr. Chairman. I extend a very warm welcome to Judge Kavanaugh. We have not been Kavanaugh. given an opportunity to have a meaningful his wife, hearing. Ashley. On this. Mr. Chairman, if, if we cannot be recognized, I move to adjourn. Mr. Chairman, I move to adjourn. We have been denied real access to the documents we need. What is the rush? What, what are we trying to hide by not having the documents? Is that, is that uh, That's Mr. Cory Booker? It's Mr. Booker. It's the three stooges. All the documents. And that's the somebody from all Ohio, the Ohio, that Hawaii. This committee is entitled to. Wow. The RNC calculating Democrats interrupted over 60 times. 60. And when they weren't In doing that, Capitol Good. Hill police arrested roughly two dozen demonstrators for rowdy disruptions like this. Alexander Hamilton wrote in the Federalist Papers. Mr. Chairman, could I uh, pause there until the room is clear? Sure, I would. Okay. Kavanaugh is one of the most distinguished judges. Mr. Chairman, I think we ought to have this this loudmouth removed. <laughs> that was Orrin Hatch. Bring it yeah. right there. And- so that was supposed to be a hearing no, on wasn't. Brett Kavanaugh's. No. Now. Do you believe with Kamala Harris that they just didn't have enough time to read over this documentation that was dumped on them? They claim dumped on them. Uh, are we doing rhetorical questions for no. 500, Alex? I, I want to I read a quote from Amy Kulcher. I can't say her name from Minnesota. Culper. Oh, Klobuchar. I don't Klobuchar. know how to say her name either. Okay, so she claims on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd oh, yes. that she read 148,000 documents. Sure she did. 148,000 documents. If and this is a rough estimate, if she spent two minutes on each document, that would be two hundred ninety-six thousand minutes or two hundred and five days reading the documents, which is odd since he was only nominated fifty-five days right. ago. So obviously she didn't read the documents she had. It, she wasn't going to read the documents she was going to get. 
the document again. Um, see, my attitude about this is th- listening to that ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes me happy, because really, because <laughs> people get irritated okay the, the the farce, the sham, and the disgrace the Democrats have created here. I want, and I, and I think I think the Republicans have have sort of realized. Keep it up. I mean, you've got these people dressed as the the characters from The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. We've talked about this before, and and I'm serious. The Democratic Party has gone insane. Yeah, they have gone insane. Now, the other thing is. This used to be the fringe elements, okay? Yes. Booker and Harris and all their leadership are now embracing this farce. By the way, the next time you hear a lecture from someone on the left about D- Donald Trump has uh, demeaned the level of discourse in this country, <laughs> we are seeking a politics of civility. Sure. Just play them any any portion any of minute yes. of video mm-hmm. from this. What's supposed to be a hearing, by the way, as Ted Cruz pointed out and others pointed out, they've already said they're all voting no. Yep. Why do you need to look at any documents? <laughs> exactly. what, it's, I mean, it's of course, it's ridiculous. And by the way, how about how about looking at the thousands of published opinions that he has written on the DC his, circuit? Of course. Huh. D- does that matter? Of course that doesn't matter. We no, don't actually no, no. care what his jurisprudence is. He was part is. of the Patriot Act. No. Don't you know that he was a, he was a he was a right-wing activist in the George W. Bush administration and he helped write the Patriot Act that most of these people voted for. Look, this is all uh, this is all theater of the absurd because they know they can't stop this guy. Mm-hmm. So now it's just playing to their base, making themselves look like fools. The other thing I would remind people, go back and think, give me an example of a single Democratic nominee for the Supreme Court where any antics like this mm-hmm. have ever occurred. Now, that's not to say that Republicans didn't oppose certain nominees. Did this happen with, I don't know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, no, no. Elena Kagan, no. uh, Sonia Sotomayor? No. You can go down the list. This started, the precedent for this was started by Ted Kennedy with I Justice Bork, like with Justice Bork when they decided to smear him mm-hmm. as a, he's going to usher in slavery and mm-hmm. back alley Set abortions. Back His America is a dark and brutal, nasty and short, horrible play. That, that entire campaign, that had never happened before mm-hmm. until they started that playbook. And then we saw it with Clarence Thomas. And now we see it with... Do you, do you think, by the way, this has anything to do with Brett Kavanaugh? No. You could put a cipher up there. You could put any... <laughs> person up there all you need to tell the democrats is this is the current republican nominee because yep. you can't find a guy that's more within the judicial mainstream for a republican administration meaning he was unanimously improved uh, approved as an appellate judge mm-hmm. by the, the same people who are now claiming he's going to usher in exactly. the the apocalypse <laughs> exactly. right yeah so the whole thing is absurd but i want america to see these people as much as possible, so it doesn't frustrate me at all. This is fantastic. Well, it's not frustrating to me. It's it's what you said earlier. When I, every time they said we didn't have enough time, Kamala Harris, we didn't have enough time. We didn't have enough time to look at these documents. You were never going to vote for them. I don't care what document they put in front of you. You are going to vote no. Every single one of you, forty nine Democrats. Well, unless you're released by Chuck Schumer because you exactly. actually want to win reelection. Right. If they're exactly, and that's going to be the, that's a good point because the next stage of this is going to be Chuck Schumer deciding. Okay, have we 
we, we have fired all of our smears. We've we've placated the base. Well, you'll never placate the base because they want to they want a magic too. wand that's going to make Brett Kavanaugh fall through a trap door. Yes. But he's going to have to soon make a decision. Can I release some of these people that are in tough elections to vote in favor? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, that's going to hurt them. You know, do we even care anymore? Thirteen liberal groups have signed a letter delivered Wednesday morning that pans the minority leader strategy of stopping President Donald Trump's nominees for the Supreme Court. He says that holding 49 Democrats is the only way we can succeed in pressuring flippable Republicans like Senators Collins and Murkowski to listen to the mayor. Listen to the Mainers and Alaskans who are demanding they vote no. The on Mainers a and the Alaskans. Yeah, there's a lot of people up in Alaska who are writing about Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. Our strategy to sacrifice the Supreme Court in order to hold Democratic Senate seat is not only strategically and morally wrong, it will fail. Morally wrong. It will fail. It is wrong to assume that a no vote on Kavanaugh puts red state Democrats in electoral peril or somehow protects them from Republican attacks. This was signed by Democracy for America, Indivisible. Remember, I talked about the Local girl running that's individuals of the group she hooked up with. Ultraviolet. I thought that was a Blu-ray standard or a uh, yeah. streaming standard. 350.org, Color of Change, Daily Costs, Demand Progress, Friends of the Earth, Earth, and Justice Democrats. I, I take exception to saying that nominating Brett Kavanaugh and approving Brett Kavanaugh is morally wrong. Morally wrong in what way? Oh, well- because I think what? they're going to they're going to reach to Roe versus Wade and they're going to reach to well, LGBT. Look, lo- those lo- words don't mean anything, Chad. They don't know I what mean, moral means. They, they they have people saying if you nominate Brett, if you approve Brett Kavanaugh and confirm him, I will literally be killed. Yes. Again, the, these people have mental problems. I mean, they they do. Well, they obviously. They, my point previously to repeat it was their position is that any Republican nominee who is within the judicial mainstream of conservative thought, which is conservative judicial thought, originalist interpretation, okay? That's what conservative judges believe is, by definition, uh, not permitted. This would be the reaction to (laughs) any judge nominated, because, again, Brett Kavanaugh is not within what you would expect to see nominated by a Repu- the same way you would expect to see someone like Kagan or mm-hmm. RBG or Breyer or Stevens nominated by someone like Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. There are certain judges you expect to see within the mainstream of conservative jurisprudence. This guy is so squarely within the mainstream and they of course are acting as if he is, he's ushering in the end of civilization. We didn't see with Gorsuch, which is interesting to me. Well, oh, sure we the- did. Well, not like this. Well, that's yes, but that's because <laughs> that's because they at least see this guy is the tipping point. Although yes. he's really not. I know he's really not. But okay, Gorsuch is stepping in for Scalia, so you have right. so Beelzebub kept... stepping in for Beelzebub. They at least could wrap their minds around this. <laughs> yes. What they realize now is that their somewhat semi-reliable ally in Anthony Kennedy. Now you're going to have a solid five-member conservative. And again, I, I hate using those terms because they really are meaningless in the context it's of judicial like philosophy, right? <laughs> they, they, they're meaningless, but nevertheless, that's the rubric, that the political, you know, that, that's how we discuss these things. They recognize that now you've eliminated Kennedy, you're going to have a rock-solid five originalist, essentially, votes. And that's, of course, a huge problem for them because... As Ben Sass was explaining, for progressives, 
the court is not about neutrally interpreting laws and constitutions. It's about being a super legislature that makes policy for the entire country. Mm -hmm. That's what they want judges to do. The the democratic process is too messy and too resistant to them. (laughs) They want people who are going to enlightened people who understand the moral arc of history and where progress is leading us. They want judges who are policymakers, not judges. And again, that's the irony when they talk about activist judges, as I have repeatedly pointed out. (laughs) Originalists are the least activist in their fundamental philosophy about judging. What Scalia would repeatedly emphasize in his dissents is the court has no business weighing in on this issue. But that is anathema to progressives because they want the court weighing in. They just want them weighing in on their side. So here's the ironic part. So Diane Feinstein, Feinstein, uh, had a smoke money comments yesterday, and she said that all these are settled in her mind. Roe versus Wade, LG, blah 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 blah. All the stuff you expect her to say, and then she said, "And I don't believe in my heart that we should have activist judges." <laughs> and I had this chuckle, and I, I didn't record it, but I'm yeah. like, I have to chuckle because that's exactly what you want. Because everything you just named came right. about because Diane, of activist judges. Diane, please let me allow me to introduce you to <laughs> Elena Kagan, Sonia Sotomayor, it just Breyer, it, and RBG. It's all that. So. You think Kavanaugh is more conservative than Kennedy? Oh, oh, absolutely. Now, here's my question. Then. Absolutely. He clerked for Kennedy. Is he not somewhat influenced by no, Kennedy's positions? No. I mean, look, you, this, you don't have a crystal ball with these people. Certainly you know? not. And, and Senator we've O'Connor. Seen this, we've seen this, unfortunately. You know, this really never happens to the people that are nominated by Democrats. It's yes. always the Republicans, their nominees, who seem to evolve while they're in the office. But... <laughs> If, or at least a little open-minded. As possibly. best as best as you can determine by a guy who has a very substantive and lengthy record in terms of his jurisprudence and his philosophy, he's he's nothing like Anthony Kennedy. Okay. Now, you heard some of that clip about why are they rushing so? Why do they want to get this done? <laughs> I'll tell you, it's it's real simple, Cory Booker, and you know the answer. We want to get this done before the midterm elections where we may not have a majority in the Senate, so therefore we want to get and it's Kavanaugh. Not, it's not even that. What's it's not really rushed, What someone should say to Cory Booker is, we're not rushing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to push through our president's nominee. You can't prevent us from doing it. Why should we? So we're going to allow you to have your little circus for sure. a couple of weeks here, and then we're going to have a vote, and yeah. you're going to you're going to lose. You're going to lose, and uh, we don't really care, right? And you can continue <laughs> having, you know, you can have your tantrums and fling your sippy cups and dress up as some other movie characters from some, you know, I don't know. I mean, the Handmaid's show, Tale seems to be very it's, popular. It's a TV show, it's a, right. It's, yeah, it's about you know women are enslaved and forced to have babies and yes. whatever else because that's what. I mean, that's what's happening right now, Chad. Well, right it is. now. It is. And if we, if Kavanaugh gets on the court it's uh, just, with, without any cases, he's just going to write his own opinion, and that's going to become right. a law because that's how the Supreme Court works, right? So far, the only thing that's been preventing this is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. She's been ruling against all the forced female slavery yep. and executing of minorities. But once Kavanaugh's on there, well, well that's anymore. it. Doesn't that's it. They're going to they're start allowing this. I, I think the reality is this is very obvious to anybody paying attention. They just don't want the conservative block, as you want to call it, to have control. They, they don't want that because it, it diminishes what they want to accomplish, and this takes away generationally for a period of time. Yeah. Now, Thomas is getting older. I mean, he's not going to be on no, I mean, for a whole lot longer. But the problem is, is that in terms of age, 
again, you know, and, and Ginsburg, and, and we've yeah. talked, you know, <laughs> basically Ginsburg has said, look, if you have to embalm me, I'm staying on, <laughs> exactly. you know, you can prop me up like weekend at Bernie's and I'm going to sit in that chair until if it's 2030 or whatever, when the next democratic administration <laughs> is here, that's what we'll have to do. Yeah. So I, I just think it's, it's ironic that it's okay for everything to, we talked about before, everything settled if the Democrats like it, and it's <laughs> right. all open if they yes, don't like it. That's it's right. always how it works. There is no – nothing settled if we haven't gotten what we want. Obergefell and Roe are settled. Citizens United and Heller, not settled. Correct. You know, the, the decisions we don't like are never settled. The debate continues. The ones that we do like, that's it. They can never be revisited. We're good. Right. We're, everything's good that way. So we'll have to see how this comes I, – I, barring some unforeseen flip-flops by – Collins. Yeah. Um, I don't see this being an issue. And and the uh, replacement for John McCain was sworn in today. John so he's, Kyle. John Kyle. So he's actually going to get to vote. Uh, Who's actually this. a much better, in terms of his policies, a much better guy than John McCain. Correct. And he's actually there. Yes. <laughs> That's the other part that we can, we can be happy about. So over the weekend, and I don't have a copy of the ad because it made me wretch when I was watching it. <laughs> um, Nike has a new 30th this anniversary another, for Just have, Do I It. I love this. This is so awesome. This is like a dog whistle to anybody who thinks that, you know, maybe football should be about football. Like, hey, wait a minute. Let's shove this guy in your face. Now, what am I talking about? Well, Colin Kaepernick, who the former Iranian president tweeted about today. Right. Said, it's a shame football starts again. And he's one of the greatest players, and he's not on the field. Ahmadinejad, he's a guy that you want on your side. <laughs> so uh, Ted Cruz connected dots on that. He said, oh, the lady who's running against him in Texas is also connected to the Iranian, former Iranian president, Ahmadinejad. And um, I don't know that that's who you want to take advice from. Really? Is that who you really want to be along? And, and David Hogue, or Hogg, has raised a lot of money to anti-Ted Cruz in Texas as right. well. So obviously, you know, he's in good company because when David Hogue gets involved, it's obviously a good time for everybody. But anyway, back to the Nike ad. So this ad is going to talk about all that Colin Kaepernick has given up. <laughs> Let that sink in for a second, folks. All that he has given up. What a profile and courage. He took $11.9 million to lose four games and sit the bench for the rest of them the last time he played. He has declined to sign a backup contract. He's suing the NFL because he said they're trying to keep him out. Remember that backup contract thing? Yeah, that's not keeping you out. It's just not the position you want. He's, holding out, he's holding out for a management position. Obviously. That, he's obviously got management written all over him. So they're planning to run this ad Thursday night, tomorrow night, for the opening game of the NFL season. I'm sure it's going to go over well. I'm sure They're not going to show the... The, the national anthem and the players kneeling are in the locker room, but they're going to run this ad. This should work out wonderfully well, for the NFL. Again, we need to back up here because this is, yet again, um, a huge multinational corporation who has, who has made uh, from an objective, any objective observer, a completely kooky mm. decision. Again, companies used to be in business of not alienating half of their customer base. We've had this same discussion about ESPN. Yes. And so what – this is staggering, although actually it's not staggering because in this climate it's unsurprising. These companies now – and Clay Travis has made this point point; it's a good one. 
you know, they've said, oh, we've done our studies. Well, it's, it's, it's an exercise in confirmation bias because mm-hmm. what most of these companies, Apple and Google and GE, all of these woke corporate entities, what they're really looking at is these, these mini Maoist mobs, as I call them, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, look at all of these people on Twitter who think Colin Kaepernick is the greatest. They love Colin Kaepernick, right? Ugh. None of them would ever bother to go to flyover country, sit down with someone in a, a sports bar and say, uh, do you think it's a good idea for for an athletic shoe and apparel company to align themselves with it? And you know what they would hear uniformly is? No. First of all, we can't stand Colin Kaepernick. But secondly, we're, we simply want you to stop cramming politics down our throats when we're trying to watch football. So the first layer of this is they have made an intentional decision to align their brand. And by the way, this is their Halo spokesperson. Yes. Okay, the this 30th isn't, anniversary of the Just Do okay, This campaign. isn't just like he's one of the guys that endorses our stuff. This is our national campaign for our 30th anniversary. And this is the guy. The guy with the cops are pig socks. The guy with the fiance who claims that the Baltimore Ravens owner is a slave master. Mm-hmm. The guy who's donated to Asata Shakur's remember the cop assassin who fled to cuba the guy who is suing their business partner for collusion and their business decision made by supposedly non-comatose rational profit-seeking individuals is he's perfect to represent our brand and he's not actually playing had they forget that part and he was never that great when he was playing that's a very important point it used to be it actually be it used to be to justify Nike, right? Nike was about what? Jordan, mm-hmm. Tiger, mm-hmm. Bo, mm-hmm. transcendent athletes. And the reason that people admired them was not because they supported environmentalism <laughs> no. or the latest kooky ideological fad from the left. It was because they are their greatness Matt was magnetic and appealed to everyone. Yes. Now, apparently, all you need to lead their marketing campaign is you just got to be woke, right? Yes. yes. You got to think the right thoughts. You got to have a hashtag campaign, and that's good enough. So let me read this quote. Just so I'm clear, these factory workers, which are 80% female, are making Nikes for 20 cents an hour and working 70, 80 hours a week so Nike can profit enough to pay Colin Kaepernick millions to speak out against oppression and injustice. Yeah, it's sort of <laughs> awkward. Well, don't don't mention, yeah, we, we haven't even talked about that, the whole sweatshop. Yeah. Well, and, and do you think anybody in the media no. who's applauding this is going to no. perhaps ask Colin, deep thinking Colin, yes. you know, Colin, do you? Do you find it at least, um, I don't know, in conflict, a little cognitive dissonance that on the one hand you are, which is perfectly your right, you know, you're out there proselytizing about the evils of racist America, social justice for all, but the people that are paying you are essentially engaging in child labor violations yeah. in Cambodia. Yeah. Does that... It doesn't feel right. Is that even on it? your radar screen, It feels Colin? icky, I think, doesn't it? feels a little it? icky. It feels a little hypocritical. It feels a little ridiculous. Yeah. But, but... Yeah, well, you can't expect deep thoughts from Jack Handy here. So, uh, so again, this is... It, it demonstrates the level to which these people are willing to sacrifice the, the very success of their business 
because they want plaudits mm -hmm. from all the shiny progressive people. Look at us. How many years did he play? Three, four? I can't remember. It, it, it was probably four. <clears throat> it wasn't that many. And that's the ironic part. He took. Well, he's you know he's been on. He sort of had a contract with them since 2011. So okay. I have a thing initially. Who, Nike, you mean? Yeah, Nike. Okay. So initially it was because and and he was. I mean, he was in the Super Bowl. He looked like he was kind of an up and coming dual threat star. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's what people seem to forget because I hear all these arguments about you know Colin Kaepernick. There's no other justification for not well. If you he was not the same quarterback after he went on his raw foodist diet and whatever else he was doing. Yes. He became he was not an accurate Remember Tim Tebow can't throw? Colin Kaepernick couldn't throw either. <laughs> couldn't throw bet worse. Yeah. He wasn't great. So he didn't deserve a spot. And the other thing is is yes, this is a business and NFL owners do not want someone who their fan base views as toxic yes. on their team. But if I was okay, let's talk about what the NFL's response, which I'm sure will be some. Can you imagine behind closed doors oh, what the owners are out. saying? They're, Not freaking out, they're furious. As they should. Be. Well, they should be furious because the arbitrator said, "I think there's enough here to get this lawsuit to continue." Because there isn't enough there. There's nothing No, there. I'm not even talking about the lawsuit. I'm talking about you have a multi-billion dollar contract with Nike. Mm -hmm. And they decide without telling you. Okay, they don't even give the NFL a heads up. Hey, by the way, you know what? This might be something you want to know. that The guy that's <laughs> suing your league that has probably cost you billions of dollars in fan support, we're going to make him our spokesperson. Yeah. Do you think that's a good idea for our, for our mutual partnership? Does that, does that sound like a good one? So if I was the NFL, if I was the commissioner of the NFL, first of all, I would immediately be having the lawyers scrutinize that contract. And if there's any clause in there that says, you know, any of the parties does something that's not in the best interests of the league, whatever language is in there, I would say. immediately be going to court and saying, we're severing ties with your company. Because guess what? Who, who has more leverage at this point? I hope it's the NFL. I mean, we've talked about the fact that the NFL brand is in trouble, but yeah. the NFL is still is still the titan. Yes. Nike needs the NFL way more than the NFL needs Nike. Believe me, there will be 70 different other companies lining up oh, yeah. with tin cup in hand. Adidas will be right there. You know, you actually not tin cup is with pallet loads of cash, of cash saying not to be confused please, with the ones we sent to Iran. Yeah, please sign <laughs> us up. So what they should be saying is this is I mean it's a it is a finger in the eye. I mean it's literally we're in yeah. business together and you've decided that you're gonna kick us in the in the nether region regions. <laughs> what why would you do that? What would you, what's your thought process behind that? Is that really the best idea to do? I agree. I completely agree with you. I think it's on its face it says, Oh, this this is a joke, right? You're you're not really serious. You're you're really gonna run this guy? Why? Why are you doing this? Because it doesn't make any sense. And again, are you now just like ESPN? Are you a sports uh, apparel company, a shoe company? Or are you just some political activist organization? What are you? I mean, apparently you've decided that, again, sports is really secondary because Colin Kaepernick, as Chad pointed out, doesn't play sports right now <laughs> and hasn't really been a significant member of the NFL for several years. Yes. And has never been the kind of guy that. Nike would have ever considered making a marketing campaign around because he hasn't accomplished anything. Don't you, I want to remind people he opted out of eleven point nine million dollars in the final year of his contract with the 49ers. He opted out 
to test free agency. This is the, t- the level we're dealing with here. And also, every time I hear the 49ers tweet or talk about, he's a great quarterback, you guys should sign him. Well, why don't you sign him? You, got, <laughs> let, you let him go. If he's so great... Why don't you keep him on your well, roster? And I don't. Again, I don't. I don't take issue with the fact that Colin Kaepernick, even in his current condition, is probably good enough to latch on as a backup for a team in the league. But again, yeah. you can't separate him from the rest of his baggage. Correct. He has chosen to be a political activist and a lightning rod. And any owner in their right mind who knows their fan base is going to say, we don't want this guy part of the team. We don't want the circus. We don't want all the negative publicity that comes from him. We don't want the fan backlash. That is a rational business decision. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, oh, disregard that because he's still good enough to be. No, you can't. That's the same reason the teams refused to sign Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that he also couldn't throw. <laughs> right? Great. Well, put it in perspective. So if you are a business owner and you can hire Employee A or employee B. And employee A is similar in talent to employee B, but he, he says the right things. He, he wants to learn. He's trying to help the organization. Then you've got employee B who's going to call you a slave owner, who's going to tell you it's a, it's a, it, you're trying to keep everybody down. You're oppressing everyone. And he's, every day he's going to come in with a big sign saying, you suck, you suck, you suck. Which one would you hire? And it, if, you, if you have to think about it, you should own a business. Because you're hiring a plea every single time. And this, every single time. And this speaks to, again, the, the echo chamber environment that must exist. It does exist at all these companies because are you telling me there wasn't a single person at the, at the upper echelon of this company as they're discussing, hey, look, here's our new – here's our, our lightning stroke, this epiphany. We're going to make Colin Kaepernick because you know what? Everyone around the table thinks he's super awesome. <laughs> and everyone that we uh, – it's on our Twitter feed, they think he's super awesome too. And all the editors of the New York Times, they love him. So that's pretty much representative of all of America. Makes sense and to me. there's not a single person in the room that's saying, um, have you all lost your minds no. no, nobody. Nobody there. What was the movie? Um, oh, the zombie movie with Brad Pitt. Uh, oh, World, uh, World War Z. War Z? And, the, and the thing in there with the guy who says, what is he, the 10th the man? Yeah. Right? The whole idea being that uh, it's, it's in Israel because if nine of the other sort of decision makers agree, there's one guy in the room and his only job is to say, this is the reason that your theory and your conclusions are wrong. That person does not exist in corporate America anymore for companies like Nike. It is a, it's a hive mind. Yes. And that's how you wind up with this kind of decision. Well, I think if you're reading Twitter and you think that's representative of the people who watch football, then you don't watch football. Yeah. I'll be fair to Nike. I think they probably have more business coming from the NBA than they do from the NFL. I could be wrong on that, but I don't think revenue-wise they do. Do you don't think so? You don't think they sell more basketball shoes than they do, and running shoes than they do football cleats? Yeah, but here's the thing. But but remember, there, there, I know it's two different advertising things. for the company. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's the there's the revenue from your product, but the bigger thing is what is the most popular league most in the world? Yes, you're right. If you want one conduit by which you imprint your brand on the American populace, it is the NFL. The NFL is the ultimate delivery system for that. And so you're going to jeopardize that arrangement so that, so that what, Jamel Hill will stand up and cheer for you? She's gone. You don't have to worry about her. She'll be somewhere else, but she's gone for now.
Oh, no, she's not gone. In fact, she just wrote an article today. Oh, no. uh, shockingly, you'll never guess. This was a brilliant decision by Nike. Oh, no. Is that what she said? <laughs> yes, of course. I'm really shocked that she felt this was a good decision. We'll move on because it's only going to get worse for the NFL if, the, if this is what they're encountering every day. So we've talked about the, the five eyes. It's five countries. I don't want to call them eyes, but I guess, well, because they're spying on us. Uh, U.S., United Kingdom, France, uh don't know what the other Australia. I don't know what the fifth. I can't remember the fifth one. I don't I can never remember the fifth one. Anyway, they have come to believe that uh, they just need a back door into every form of technology from every company so that they can rightfully check out everything that's going on in the world. OK, now, obviously, there's probably no issue with that. I'm sure as a citizen of one of those countries, you feel it's probably appropriate for them to I think look at everything you do all the time. I think it's a better idea than having Colin Kaepernick represent your brand. Yeah, just slightly. So since the Edward Snowden disclosures of 2013, the governments feel that they have a right and have a lawful access to all of the data collected by Facebook and Google and Apple and you name the company uh, and tech companies. How dare they are doing end-to-end encryption? Now, what that means is it's encrypted from the time it leaves one computer the whole way through the process till it gets to somebody else's computer on the Internet. There is no gap in there where the, the uh, countries can get in there. Why, why, would you, well, uh, why would you not want end-to-end encryption? Well, because that means the government can't get in. So we go back to the right, iPhones from Right, so I'm just talking about as a, a general proposition mm-hmm. in, in terms of uh, this kind of technology. Setting aside the fact that the government want access, there would be no there'd be no sane reason not to have end to end encryption. Well, prior to the mid two thousand mid twenty tens, there was not end to end. Okay, but that's that's that wasn't an issue. That was, a, of, that was a technological decision made by these companies not to do that. So when you look at your internet browser and you see HTTP, but you don't see the S, that means it's not a secure encrypted line. It means it's just free. Anybody could. It's like the mailman, you put your mail in the mailbox, right. somebody can grab it, and nobody would know the difference. This provides that encryption because of the terrorists using Apple iPhones. Remember the San yep. Bernardino terrorists? They couldn't get the iPhone unlocked because they had to go pay some company in Israel. The reality was the government thinks they're entitled to look at anything because it keeps us safe. I would challenge that it doesn't necessarily keep us safe. It just keeps you informed of literally everything going on. And here's how a backdoor works. You put in a program, you put in an, uh, some code you can write to allow yourself to, to look at all this stuff. So the example I would use is you've got a steel door on the front of your house, 12 locks, you know, a fire pit, you know, fra- flaming, fire arrow, pit. flaming arrows that come out if a somebody moat? tries to open a moat, anything you want to think of on the front door. And on the back door, you've got a screen wide open, or even nothing. You just have an open door. But a sturdy screen. It's a sturdy screen. It'll keep out (laughs) large mosquitoes, and that is all. So you say, look at us. Look how secure we are, except all you have to do is go around back, and you can just, a five-year-old could get in. That's the problem. That's what the government wants. They do not understand, yet again, that if you put a back door into anything, you've immediately made it unsecure, or insecure, however you want to say it doesn't. It no longer is worth using, but they want this on all technology. Now I have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I'm a libertarian in some of that view, but I, I want the government to be able to track down the criminals. But I don't want to give them complete access to everything out there. And I don't care what some people have said. Well, if you have nothing to hide, then there's no reason to worry about it. 
I do worry about it because the government hasn't shown that they can handle the responsibility of knowing all this information. They, they just don't. The well, IRS is an example. The other thing is not only the responsibility, good grief. I mean, you, you want characters like John Brennan and no. James Clapper running around with access to this? Of course not. But the other point is, is that to trust the government that that's going to be a good idea. And I don't even pretend to understand all the ball bearing issues that, that go into <laughs> this. Right. Um, you then have to believe that the government has a level of hyper competence that would they would be the only ones they could secure that. No, no, no. The screen door, we will make sure that mm-hmm. no one else can get in. Uh, I'm not really willing to accept that. They lost all of the <laughs> records for Social Security office employees. They were hacked, and all of the Social Security employees, Social Security numbers and all their records, were stolen. Are you talking about the China hack? China. Yeah. So I'm supposed to trust that everything coming through you can you can't even secure your own stuff, let alone my stuff. Why would I ever believe that any country has the has the ability to do this? No, one, it's really hard. It's really, really, really hard to beat the hackers and beat the the bad guys. But putting in a screen door isn't going to make it harder. It's only going to make it easier. They're going to exploit anything you put in. That's why Apple no longer has any ability to unlock an iPhone. They took that out of their code. They cannot do it, even though the government comes to them and says, well, you need to give us access. We can't because we don't have access. Well, you just need to give it to us. Like, they don't understand the question. Like, a five-year-old now, says, I don't again, understand. Again, since I don't, I don't understand any of that, uh, <laughs> I'm, assuming, I'm assuming there is somebody that could figure out how to unlock an iPhone. You could – it's called a f- – brute force attack and that's what the company in Israel did for the San Bernardino iPhone but that code has been removed it it it, it will lock up completely and delete the files if too many attempts are made to unlock it without the right like code like if Q from you know MI6 he could figure that out Q maybe could figure it out if Q actually existed and MI6 actually employed James Bond I'm sure something Anything's possible in the movies, Liam, but in reality. Liam Neeson, Chad. He has could, a special set of skills, but I don't believe that's his special set I of think skills. He, but he has a, <laughs> the members of his team, I think. Could possibly, do. possibly. And that's the point. It, if you take away the ability to get in. So every time we, we reset our passwords on a website or something, we go, oh, I forgot my password. I need to reset this. That's a back door. That's basically saying, uh, let's make it easier so that you can be spoofed or you can be targeted and somebody can take away your ability to get to your account. It happens on Twitter constantly. It happened on Apple iTunes a lot. It just happens because people don't they don't use strong passwords to begin with and then they they use the same password for everything. I won't assume you do that, but maybe I well, should. But <laughs> what is everything? Because I'm not on Twitter or Facebook. No, no. Anything you actually have a password to, do you use the same password for Oh me? no, I have a I have a very uh, Russian sourced <laughs> algorithm that changes my <laughs> password every half hour. <laughs> Some people do. I, I do, but you don't. I, I, I'm, that's okay. But this because stuff, otherwise they could access my manifesto, Chad, and I'm not done writing it. Well, you should be done writing it by now. You've, no, you've I have got to years keep, to put. Uh, well, there's all sorts of annotations and footnotes. The footnotes are hard. <laughs> yeah, the footnotes are hard. But I think if you're reading a ma- writing a manifesto, nobody cares about the footnotes. Right. Just get to the. And point. I have to go to my cabin to do it. So that's also <laughs> okay, difficult. Ted. <laughs> Unabomber over here, he's been caught. Thankfully, we know it's not you. Yes, I don't, my manifesto is much different than his. Okay, that's it has good. mostly to do with condiments. It, I, I point this out to everybody so that you don't sit back and go, wait a minute, I didn't know this was coming. They're trying to do this. You need to step up and say, no, no, no. Don't yeah, but do this. okay, when you say you need to step up, what, what does that even mean? 
You need to what, call your representative? Well, you need if you trust a website or trust a company, you need to write to them and say, have a backbone. Don't cave. Don't and and the Five Eyes are threatening to do it state by state in each of those countries to get the state laws to do it if they can't do well, it so federal. Long, but by the way, so long as Donald Trump is in office, if if his administration is proposing this, they'll never cave. <laughs> That's true, right? So they'll never just, give in. Just ensure that Donald Trump wants this to happen, and it will never happen. That's probably true. I wanted to bring it up because I want you to be aware it's out there. I'm not even sure how to resist, and I don't like that word because it sounds connotations of other things I don't like. But there we are. Just be aware of it. Um, watching the news because if you get a chance to respond to any of your Congress people, make sure they're aware of it. I did want to bring this up, and this, this came across today. Um, the crazy scientist, he proposed a bill today in the Senate when they weren't doing the Kavanaugh Who's hearings. Who's the crazy scientist? Oh, oh. Bernard Sanders. Bernie to his, his friends. He pushed through a Stop Bezos Act. Okay. <laughs> Now, if you don't know, Jeff Bezos is the president and CEO and owner of Is it of Bezos Amazon. or Bezos? Doesn't I don't really even matter. know. I think it's Bezos, but it could be Bezos. I, it I doesn't really know. matter. Uh, Bezos sounds better to me. Okay. We'll go with Bezos. So critics have often accused Amazon of underpaying warehouse employees to the point where staff must live on food stamps and other government subsidies. But I thought that was good. Well, they had we jobs. They had jobs. But because it's costing the taxpayers, because they're getting food Wait, stamps. Bernie is concerned about costing the taxpayers? He wants this. Any company with over 500 employees would be responsible for 100% of the tax on the government assistant workers. So if somebody in your company, if you have 500 employees and you've got one person who has, takes food stamps and lives in government housing, you, would, you as a company would be 100% responsible for reimbursing the government for that, because huh. the person working for you doesn't make enough, I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> so I give them a job, and it doesn't pay them enough to do what they want to do or can do. So I somehow have to pay them and pay for their housing. That's basically what it comes down to: their their food and their housing. I might as well just put them in dorms. Right. Well, the, the, but the best part of this is, see, because Bernie, you know, he's so he's kind of so lovable in his screwy way. What, what someone needs to say to Bernie is, now let's work through your hypothetical here, Bernie. So you're going to make the company out of out of the company's profits is what they pay their employees, and now you're going to take more of that money and demand they give it to the government. Now here's the here's the um, the binary choice, Bernie. Do you think then the company is going to pay the employees more or less since you've now taken even more of the company's money? Do you think that's going to drive wages up or further down? And then your solution will be to have them pay more money to the government until finally they won't have any employees because they won't be able to pay anyone any amount of money. So what it sounds like is if you're getting food stamps, you shouldn't get a job because your employer won't want to hire you if you're getting food stamps is going to cost them more to employ you. Right. And you're already getting from well, the government. In, in Bernie world, you know, central planning and sort of the artificial manipulation of the price of labor and profits never actually has any other consequences. No. For instance, no. the price of goods might go up. Possibly. Employees <laughs> might be laid off. Correct. No, no, there's no causal link whatsoever. We can just force companies to pay more taxes and give more money to the government, and that will never actually affect the employees 
or where they build factories sure. or where they choose to do business. Why sure. would they leave the country if we have a confiscatory corporate tax rate? Couldn't imagine That just why. means they're unpatriotic, Chad. Well, yes, they don't want to give their fair share. Again, any t- anybody who tells you, I think you should give your fair share, I'm willing to pay more taxes, go ahead. They'll take it. They will take your money if you want to give it to them. But nobody really actually says false. What was the uh, what was the price tag on Bernie's free? uh, Was it the free college? There's too many free Free college. Was it like thirty? Was it thirty trillion? I I forget. Yeah, but he wants he wants to give. uh, It's basically Medicare to everybody too. It's more than the GDP of Europe. Basically, it's 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 insane. We every penny that we earn, he would spend on government assistance programs as he's wailing against government assistance programs for people who work. Again, Bernie, shut up. You, right. you, you well, don't know Ber- what you're talking Bernie, about. Bernie, what Again. I think he should do, just as a trial run, is he should go down and run Venezuela for a bunch of years yes. and implement all of these things. They're doing well down there under his under his policies as it is, but he's the guy that knows the formula. And then once once he gets that, you know... Works out, he's good. He'll be able to run all sorts Did of campaign Did you see that the Venezuelan uh, currency, which is backed by oil, is still sinking? Yeah. It, does, it hasn't helped them that they... They're backing it with oil that they can't sell to back up the currency that's worth literally nothing. It's worth less. It's It costs more to print it than it's worth by, by any stretch of the imagination. That's just an aside for Bernie and his Bernie, Yay, Bro- Bernie, Bernie. Bros. I, by the way, I also thought that why do we even need that? Because the speculation and conjecture tax is going to pay for all of this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I don't – I mean this just seems like – you know, you're just now it's superfluous. We've already we've already paid for everything. Well, double taxation is the democratic way, isn't it? We well, we do need earnings to, and we, the yeah. We should sales. redistribute for a rainy day. I mean, you you can't just you know. Well, think about that. I get taxed on my income. All right. Yes. Then I pay taxes to buy things. Yes. I'm taxed twice sure. on the same dollar. Why would you complain about that? I can't imagine. It's your patriotic obligation. I can not imagine then, why that's not. And a problem. then when you die. Your estate should be taxed again. I've already paid right. taxes on it multiple times, and I should, I should be taxed on it when I'm dead. You're and my so family's selfish. I know. I you, can't help the, myself. It's the collective's money, Chad. It is, and we, I, I earned it, but they get to we, keep it. Bernie has important things to do with your money, and you're preventing that from happening. Yes, it, it's amazing, isn't it? And why are there limits on IRAs? You know, yearly limits on an IRA or a 401k contributions. Why are there limits? If I want to put 100% of my money into my 401k, however bad it might be, why can't I do that? Well, because there's only... there's It's again, tax deferred. It's you're not, still getting taxes. You're coming from the assumption that that money is yours. Oh, the government is allowing you to use the collective's money and take certain tax deferments, but you can't expect the government to permit you to do that with all your money. Well, I, 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 it's shocking that I expect them to let me keep Where, my money. Who is going to build... The the light speed monorail, Chad. These are the projects that are never going to happen because of your miserly approach to life and, and physics. But uh, and what was the remember Julia? Wasn't it Julia? There, remember the Democrats' brilliant campaign oh, about uh, yeah. how the how will Julia be taken care of from cradle to grave by the government with people like you? That's why you need to be reeducated about these things. Yeah, obviously, I'm I'm a bad guy. Let's move on to the sad trombone section of our. Well, show. I'm not. Uh, I'm not convinced it's sad. But well, I'm Ch- talking. Chad it's sad it for me. So apparently, college football started last week, but my two favorite <laughs> college teams didn't play. I mean, I, did you did you watch the Michigan Notre Dame game? They, I I saw the colors on a screen. Okay, but it didn't it didn't sink in because what I saw was four years of futility 
wrapped in a you know diaper and flushed down the toilet because I don't understand. Well, wait, because here's my my understanding was he now Jim Harbaugh, right? The quarterback mm-hmm. whisperer. Mm-hmm. He finally had his transfer, mm-hmm. who was going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. And yet, as I watched intermittently portions of the game and watched Michigan not score and not score and not score. Now, Notre Dame's a good team. No, I mean, Notre Dame is a good They're team. They're ranked higher than Michigan. Yeah, and I think, well, I think Notre Dame has a pretty good defense. But nevertheless, it just seemed like I don't feel like they've really made any progress in that no. area. No, they have. Shea, Shea Patterson, is it? Yeah. I believe. Uh, not the answer. Well, the other, no, but, no, but here's the thing. <laughs> Not so far. Here's the thing. I also didn't see any indication, now maybe it's going to change, the playbook might expand, that they had sort of built the offense around his abilities. It seemed like it was just more of the same. Yeah. Um, because this guy was supposed to be a little bit more of a dual threat kind of quarterback, and I did mm-hmm. see they were doing some planned rollouts. But I don't know. I, the Jim Harbaugh era is not trending in a good direction. No, I... I will tell you up front, when they hired Jim Harbaugh, I was not happy about it. I thought they'd be more successful, but I don't like Jim Harbaugh. I didn't really want him as the coach at Michigan. Somebody said, and I think this is correct, that his record now is he has one more win than Brady Hoke at the same time in their tenure. He's got four consecutive losses, which hasn't happened since Rich Rodriguez was there. Rich Rod. Rich Rod. I don't understand what I'm missing. Well, they haven't. Here's the thing. Michigan is one of those halo programs. Okay. They, they view themselves that way. They right? view, yeah, correct. And so, not you know, reality, look, Har- it's it. not as if Harbaugh, you know, the team hasn't crashed and burned. I think they went 10 and 3, 10 and 3. Last year, what were they, 8 and 5? Yes. Um, but th- they think that they belong on the same platform with the Alabamas and the Ohio States, they're not even close to that right now. They're not even in the same ballpark. So, And the problem is is that other than the SEC, he's in a conference that is probably the most viciously competitive in the country when you're looking at you have Ohio State. Every year Ohio State's going to be a top-five team. You have a resurgent. Now, Penn State looked a little shaky against App State, but nevertheless, James Franklin has turned that team around. Mm -hmm. They're now back to being a recruiting juggernaut. They're going to be a consistent top-ten team under him. You've got Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin. I mean, Michigan right now is arguably will go off last year. They're not even one of the top-five teams in the conference. No. Ohio State is better. Penn State is better. Michigan, uh, Wisconsin is definitely better. Mm-hmm. And then you arguably Michigan, Michigan State. State. Yeah. What about Iowa? I mean, yeah. they're at least maybe. they're at least four. Okay, at best they're four, yeah. and maybe five. Well, they're going to beat Western Michigan, and they're paying week, Jim Harbaugh Saban close to Saban money. He hasn't produced anything that. remotely close. I will say that the uh, McCafferty freshman did better at quarterback than Shea Patterson. Now, to be fair. They couldn't run, they couldn't catch, and they gave up 24 points. So they really didn't stop the Notre Dame offense, who had a lot of questions coming yeah, but in. Did Notre Dame? Did Notre Dame score on a special teams touchdown? They did. Okay, so there, I mean, Michigan's defense didn't play badly they on the play. road against a top, what people think is a top ten team. Their defense is is pretty solid. The but the problem for them continues to be: is their offense any good? No, I don't I don't know it, that it is. It is not. I can unequivocally, as of today, it is not a good offense. And it's not gotten better. It's only gotten worse with Jim Harbaugh's coach. 
He's supposed to be this guy who can make things happen. He made Colin Kaepernick. He took Colin Kaepernick to the Super Bowl. He took a turd of a team and got them to the Super Bowl, and they haven't been anywhere close to that since. Since he, his last year, they started to fall off. But now it's the Jimmy G era, so. Yeah, okay, we'll see. Look out, And baby. maybe Garoppolo's great. The point is, Harbaugh has done squat. From, if, he's, if it's a Halo program and it's a Halo team and it's one of the five best in the country or supposed to be, it's, got, it's the winningest team in the country in the history of college football. Right. But not with Jim Harbaugh at the, the helm. It's going down. Since they got, since they got rid of Lloyd Carr, They've gone down, and I was okay with Lloyd Carr going because I think Lloyd, Lloyd Carr had lost a couple steps. He wasn't very exciting. He was never. See, exciting. Jim, he that was the thing. Jim has energy. Great. Jim has the cray cray. I Great. mean, he's you know he's but he doesn't he's manic. He doesn't he doesn't sleep. He doesn't take vacations. He doesn't remember his family's names. Um, you know, he they hangs out Jim? with Jordan. He he. So he's he's Mister Celebrity Coach. Yeah, but he. If you watch the last four or five minutes of that game. There was no clock management. They took 25 seconds every play, and they were down by two touchdowns. What did I miss? Is this not the time where you go, hey, we practiced this. Maybe we should go a little faster, get back to the line. Maybe call two plays in the huddle because we might actually produce something. What happens okay, What happens if they finish this year at, you know, whatever, 8-5, and five, Go to some mid-level bowl Who again. Cares? Who cares? Well, what happens? What's the Jim? Where is the Jim Harbaugh experiment going at that point? Hopefully gone. Uh, well, I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think he's not going to listen. There is no scenario unless they, you know, win two games that he's in danger of going anywhere after this season. But I do think that there's at least some rumblings now. You know, we're paying this guy whatever seven million dollars a year or something. And we're going to be in year five. Why keep him after four years? He's got a whole recruiting class. You can't say he's got Brady Hoke's players. Because actually he won better with Brady Hoke's players. Because here's the question. Who is out there that you're going to plug in that's better? That has to become the question. And better, by better I mean not just X's and O's. Because you know what? In college football, X's and O's is about 30% of the job. Mm -hmm. College football is about recruiting. Correct. Jim Harbaugh... Now their recruiting classes have been pretty good. I mean, I I think wasn't there isn't their incoming class in the top ten easily? It is, it is but I don't okay. I don't put a lot of stock in those rankings. Well, look, the, well then you could just I mean, a, you can you can say they're meaningless, but never, you know what? Pretty much every year they say Alabama's classes are the best, and Alabama's classes turn out to be the best. That's the way that we evaluate them. So the question is, if you're going to get rid of Harbaugh, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, who's out there that you're going to plug I in no that's going to be a better recruiter? I have no. I mean, Tennessee showed us last year that they can go down the list and not hire anybody. I mean, well, that's because Tennessee considered themselves some prestige program, and they they're not. not anymore. They are not. I don't, I don't know if they ever were. Okay, I graduated from the University of Tennessee. I don't know if they were ever a prestige program. I think they were they better were, than they are now. They were a consistent sort of top ten presence during the Manning era. Yeah. Uh, th- look, they don't have the historical. No. Record they don't have the of Alabama, some, uh, Alabama, Nebraska, Michigan, Ohio State, no. those Florida State, those kind of powers, USC. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think I think Michigan is going to slog through another sort of semi mediocre, semi successful, which at Michigan means unsuccessful season. We'll I, see. I, I think. But is that your sad? That's your sad trombone. That that's Michigan one. stinks. Tennessee, where I graduated uh-huh. from, one first game for the new coach Pruitt. Uh, but I didn't see a lot of upside. I watched that game too. I did not see 
a lot of positive. They got run by a West Virginia team that may be better than I think, but they weren't that well, much. They weren't West 44 Virgi- points West better. West Virginia can <laughs> score, I can tell you that. Obviously. And Tennessee can't stop you, obviously. They, <laughs> I saw Tennessee is this bad. They had a true freshman playing safety, and he wasn't even remotely in the picture twice for touchdowns. He was looking in the backfield. The guy went past him. Apparently he forgot, oh, I'm supposed to cover that guy twice. I, I don't understand. Why are you on the field? If you can't even figure out how to cover somebody, why are you on the field? Well, here's you my, had nobody better? Here's my college football question for you. Oh. Having watched Tua, okay? Yes. Saban's one of his two, inexplicably, two quarterbacks that he's playing, Jalen Hurts. Um, why is there any question... And why would we be platooning these guys at this point? Remember, we'll take you back to last year. Alabama was going to lose the national championship game badly Mm -hmm. to Clemson Mm -hmm. until Nick Saban decided, you know what? My current quarterback can't actually throw. That's Mm -hmm. a handicap. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should put the freshman phenom in who can throw. And amazingly, he threw them to an overtime victory. And did you see his stats in the first game? 12 for 16, 200 yards, two touchdowns ran. I understand that Nick Saban doesn't want Hurts to transfer, mm-hmm. but why would you still be playing him? If you put Tua, you said right that there. team is going unbeaten. I know. If that kid plays quarterback the entire year, there other than maybe Clemson, there's not a team in the country that will come within two touchdowns of them. I 100% agree with you. I don't understand. And everybody you know, says, like, well, Jalen oh, Hurts is 26-2 and two as a you, starter. You, he was not a good twenty six. Okay, it doesn't matter. He was the guy under quarterback. It doesn't matter. You play for. I would be twenty six and two quarterbacking Alabama yes. if all I had to do was hand off or turtle up and go into the fetal position every <laughs> third play. Yes, that doesn't matter. The eyeball yes. test is very clear. Jalen Hurts is not close to the quarterback that this kid is, and if they have him behind center, Alabama. The one. This is scary. They've won what five national championships under Saban? Yes, I believe so. They've never ha- don't give me McCarron. They've never had a guy <laughs> that was a dominant quarterback. You don't think AJ McCarron's no. awesome? No. <laughs> if they ever had a guy that could actually fling the ball around the field, they had two guys were awesome. Joe Namath, and right? Ken Stabler. Exactly. <laughs> it's been a while. If they finally have a quarterback, and it appears that they do, that is a legitimate flinger of the pigskin. Yeah. You might as well just give up. The season's over. I, I 100% agree with you. And I, I, other than keeping Hurts from transferring, I don't understand what possible reason to say, you know what, Jalen? I know you're 26-2 and two as a starter. Obviously, we didn't test your skills because they're not really good at the Here, quarterback no, what position. You say is, Why don't you be a wide receiver? No, what you say is, Jalen, let's watch some game film. Yes. This is you. Yes. This is the other guy that plays your position. <laughs> <laughs> who looks like they're better at actually doing what quarterback? Who would you start? Who would you start, Jalen? <laughs> Thank you for your service. You've been a great teammate and player, but you're not going to play quarterback anymore. Well, he, the part I don't understand is he doesn't want Jalen Hurts to transfer. Why? He's not a good quarterback. Well, because in case no, in case Tua gets hurt, and oh, we like to show them different looks. Different looks. The one guy just throws touchdowns. That's yeah. the only look that you need to show them. So if if Tua gets hurt, you put in the guy who you have to run all the time. Couldn't you just take literally anybody else on the team to do that? Yeah, anyone. Just take one of your fourth string defensive tackles and put him back. It there. doesn't really. It doesn't matter. Hand off their left, defense. Right. Their left, defensive right. line. I mean, they are again. If the, he is the cheat code now that takes Alabama from <laughs> already the prohibitive favorite to, I don't think a team can touch them. 
Well, I think I think Michigan could touch them, but only as they're running out to the tunnel because they're never going to catch them on the field. Those are my two bads. Uh, uh, Meyer, Meyer University, obviously. But did, wait, you, we have well. to finish with the sads about the Steelers. Oh, yes. we we Boy, you just like hitting me, don't you? Yes. Just kick me while I'm down. So if you haven't, if you don't pay attention to the NFL and you're not a Steelers fan or if you're if you're a Browns fan for some odd reason I can't fathom you're probably giddy this week because Le'Veon Bell probably isn't playing for two months or more it looks like he might come back in week 10 just so he can get his year of service and be an unrestricted free agent next year uh the how do I put this uh Le'Veon Bell should be cut <laughs> Immediately, he should be cut immediately. He should be. He should be. Um, uh, Keyshawn Johnson. He should be on the the commissioner's. I can't stand this loser guy. And get him off. So, the so field. they're going to cut him loose, and then some other any other team can pick him up. No, no I don't want that. I said Keyshawn him. Okay, we'll pay you. Just shut up and sit in the corner. I don't care. Well, I mean, that, I don't want you on the team. Look, it may, it may it may de facto sort of be playing out that way anyway. I don't know if you've read anything from the um, the offensive line went on a tweet storm today. Well, I saw the I saw the locker room interviews when he didn't show up, and yeah. his teammates were not. They happy. go, "Hey, I understand business is business, but this is the team, and you're not here, and you want to save yourself and your eight. What uh, was it? Uh, Ramon Foster said, "If my agent was talking about that and saying the reason not coming is because I think you shouldn't, you should save yourself for next year." I wouldn't sign with that agent because he's wrong. Well, the other thing is, and look, every player has the right to dictate the terms of their own career. But but sure. here's the thing: what's he being paid right now? Fourteen million. Fourteen point five million dollars. If he signs, he loses eight hundred and fifty six thousand dollars each game he doesn't show up for. So I, I know it's a hindrance to get paid fourteen point five million dollars. And I think some of the offensive linemen said. You know, he's being paid twice what I'm being paid. Twice? Twice what I'm being well, paid. Well, I would think that there's many more factorials for well, some of those guys. For some of those guys, yeah, he said, you know, Villanueva is... There's not a lot of offensive no. linemen that are making $7 million a no, year. No, this was... Yeah, this is Pouncey. It's more like 10 times what Pouncey's we're getting Pouncey's getting $7 million. Yeah. He's a center. So, yeah, the, the point is, you're you're spitting in the face of your teammates. Because, you know, they, they always talk about this, we're a team, we, we, we live together, we die together... But we also recognize business is business. But business is over. You've got a $14.5 million tender sheet sitting there waiting for your signature for you to come and play, game plan and play against the Browns on Sunday. Now, I don't think they need him on Sunday, but they're going to need him eventually. I mean, I could be wrong. They, the, the Browns could upset the Steelers and somehow their, find a way magically to be not their the whole, Browns. Look, their whole offense... Is and part of this is okay. This is part of the game of chicken. He understands this. Without Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, their offense is completely different. Correct. He is the whole thing with their offense is you've got a guy in the backfield who's not only a great runner, he's a pass catcher, and now you can't focus all your energy on Antonio Brown. Correct. Their offense becomes completely different with without him back there. I hundred percent agree with you, and I think that's part of the and problem. And he knows that. He knows that. But here's the thing. He could have signed a long-term deal two summers in a row. He chose not to. He wants more money. He yeah. wants Todd Gurley money. Now, I got news for you, Le'Veon. You're a better back than Todd Gurley, but you're never going to see that kind of money. Because you know why they signed Todd Gurley for that much money? Because they're new to L.A. They're trying. That's why Aaron Donald got all that money. Because they're new to this, the market. They have to make a splash. 
They have to do what well, they have to do. Again, I don't. Be- not I don't begrudge that. anyone from pursuing, pursuing you know, their you own self interest in terms of their contract. But I think, first of all, I think his teammates were blindsided by this yes. because I think there was never. This really wasn't an indication that it was going to come to this. I think they all thought he's going to be here, mm-hmm. and so they were publicly supporting him, and he's got to do what he's got to do because nobody cares until now. It's time to play ball, and you're not here. And you're not here. But the other thing is, the Steelers are not the kind of organization that's going to break the bank for you. And you need to decide how much money is enough. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because you're, you're right. Do I, I, if all I care about is I have to be paid like Todd Gurley and that's not going to happen fine. Or is close to $15 million a year enough because I'm on a team that's contending every year for a Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, I would, again, I can't say what I would ever do if I was in that situation, but you would hope that the answer would be, you know what? I'm going to show up and play because I've got generational wealth at this point anyway, mm-hmm. and I'd rather play for a team every year that I'm, I've got a chance to win the Lombardi Trophy as opposed to let's go to the highest bidder and I can run for 1,500 yards uh, for a team that's For the not, Cardinals. Yeah, for whatever. Great. Yeah. Now, his agent said they should have signed into a long-term contract after the 2016 season. What he failed to remember was, Le'Veon Bell got suspended for two games for smoking pot with LeGarrette Blunt at the beginning of the 2016 season. An ironic, uh, yes, that's a yeah, very apt, a bad name ironic. for that guy. Uh, the next season, he got injured at the end of the season, so he had knee surgery. weren't sure what he was going to come back as. The following season, he decided to smoke some more pot, and he missed three more games. So why would you ever? This guy has played one season of 16 games. Right. What possible reason do you think you're worth top dollar? When you're not on the field, that's what these guys don't seem to grasp. You're not out there. It doesn't matter how much you could do. If you're not there, you can't do it. You're not going to be there this week. I- I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that. I'm prepared for that. You're not going to be there. I don't see you coming back. I think you want to save your body, and you want to get a big payday, and you'll, you'll give up the, the stupidity of, I will give up close to $10 million <laughs> so I can get a big payday. Well, wait a minute. You could have gotten a big t- payday now. It's a violent sport. Guess what happens? People get hurt. It's a violent sport. I don't well, understand. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, he may be too clever by half because, to your point, how much guaranteed money is a team willing to throw at this guy because he has had sporadic, as Hubie Brown would say, attendance? <laughs> yeah. His attendance has been poor. <laughs> yes, it has. So... I'm not sure whether he thinks... Now, Todd Gurley also was injured, but Todd Gurley is... How old is Le'Veon? He is 26, going on 27. Right, so Gurley's a little bit younger than him by probably, what, three or four years? Isn't Gurley 24, 25? Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, there's no guarantee that there's going to be... Now, there'll be suitors lining up for him, but... If you actually, yeah, the math may shake out where he's not going to do that much better. No, I, I don't think he and will. And you're not going to necessarily be on a team that's going to contend for a Super Bowl. Yeah, you could be in Washington. Sure. You could be in, well, you could be with the Jets. Yeah, sure. Good for you. you got lots of money. You know, I feel happy for you, but you're not going anywhere. You're not going to win. And he said his family was a Steelers family. They, they rooted for the Steelers his entire life. He was thrilled to get drafted by the Steelers. Yet... He he knows what he wasn't going into, and yet he seems unsure of why that, they thought suddenly, oh, I'm, I'm a generational player, so you're just going to pay me whatever I want because I'm a generational player. And you really can't, you really can't benchmark 
Todd Gur- Todd Gurley is an outlier. He is. Now, and I've heard people talk about this is the new standard. Oh, no, it's not. No, it isn't. Running backs in the NFL, in many ways, other than the really, really kind of iconic superstars that come along, you know, once every 10 drafts, they're fungible commodities. Now, I'm not, Le'Veon Bell is one of the two or three best backs in the league. No question. Well, he can do, he can do what most running backs now can't do, which is catch out of the backfield. So he's a three down but it's back. not like it's not like he is being underpaid based on any other market value no. besides Todd Gurley and if his if his logic is well I'm as good as Todd Gurley so I should make that kind of money well sorry you're the, you're with an organization that's not going to do that no and your yards per carry have gone down since your second year in the league to put that through your brain you've gone down not a lot but you have gone down and we know that running backs don't get younger as they age they get older and they they lose speed. Well, I think that uh, I don't think he's going to play for a while. I don't think he is either. My gut says we don't need him because he's not here. He would be a great player to have on the team, but he's not here. And he doesn't have the attitude of wanting to be here. He has the attitude, I need to get paid. It's that respect thing. It's always the athletes. I got to get paid. I got to get paid because that's respect. Well, guess what? Respect is winning championships respect is winning football games you get respect from your peers and maybe you make it to the hall of fame or don't play football say i'm done don't play because that's what we threatened last year if i don't get a deal done I, I might just sit out the whole season he already told us what he's going to do yeah he's going to sit out till game, week 10 at 4 p.m where he's going to come in sign we're going to r- run him to the into the ground for six games and see what happens if we're even in contention i put the, i give him the ball every time <laughs> boom, 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 boom. If, if we're out of contention at that point, yeah. run them every well, play. I don't, I don't care. The thing is, in their division, they're not going to be out of contention. No. So even if they're, you know, at that stage, even if they're four and six, they're going to still be fighting for a playoff spot. Yes. You don't you don't think the Bengals and the Browns are going to change? Well, I've been reading, supposedly, last... that the Bengals, this is finally their year under Marvin Lewis. I'm, yes, uh, year 15. I'm not, uh, I'm not seeing it. I mean, the Bengals are going to be decent. You know, they could be mm, they nine could and be. seven. They could, they could be. be eight and eight. They could even be ten and six. Yeah. Um, they could be one and fifteen. Nah, no, they won't be one and fifteen. I mean, they've got they've got some. Talent. Yeah, they got to play the Browns twice. <laughs> the Browns are actually going to be better than you think. They're still going to be the Browns, but they're going to win four or five games. Wow, who are they going to beat? Probably the Chargers. I don't even know if they play the Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers. One of their four losses, if they play the Browns, will be to the Browns because yes. that's just what the Chargers do. Four wins for the Browns. That's a gutsy call on your no, part. I think I actually think that's a little low. I think the Browns are going to win five games. They can't even figure out what offensive line they should have. Listen, given Hugh Jackson's monumental success yes. so far. Well, it's statistically. <laughs> look, what was he? One in thirty-two or something? One in thirty-one. So one in thirty-one with the with the Browns. There's nowhere to go. He lost up. with the Raiders right. too. Statistically, uh, that's almost impossible. I think Marvin Lewis is hanging around Cincinnati long enough for. Hugh Jackson to come back after he gets fired in Cleveland. Yeah, I, well, this is—I think this is Hugh's last. Uh, I mean, it's kind of amazing. One in thirty-one, and you got a third year. Yeah, how does that happen? Uh, they fired other coaches right. who had better records. Well, I don't know. I, I, Incriminating photos. I'm—I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> it, it, it boggles. I hear the all the time that he's a great coach, but at some point. Um, I've watched Hard Knocks. You and, are. And I don't see what's it. the Parcells? You, you are, are what, what your record says you are. Yes, you are, we are what they thought they were. So that's all we got tonight. We'll see. Was, uh, I don't know. My <laughs> football seems see, to be Chad's a all, Chad's just all flabbergasted and out of words because he's contemplating his. Well, do you think the Meyer University was okay on Saturday? Huh? Meyer University, My, Meyer State. 
Ohio State. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just calling them Meyer, Meyer University State? because well, it doesn't. I mean, they were set. What they would score seventy seven well, points. The, the so. machine just keeps running. I mean, yeah. Urban doesn't need to be standing there with a with a headset on. And he well, he was probably. I'll bet he was texting in the place. You want to bet? No, he wasn't texting in the place. <laughs> they, they don't need him to do that. <laughs> don't don't run the risk. No. Okay. Yeah, football's uh, over for me apparently. <laughs> Well, we'll just watch the Chargers march to the Super Bowl. Oh, That'll be exciting this year. Uh, the only thing I can do is root against the Chargers. That's okay. <laughs> That'll make it more fun. And, and the Ravens. I, I will always now, if the, the Chargers start off zero and four again, I may not. I may not show up for the podcast anymore. <laughs> he doesn't want to have that kind of uh, stain around him any yes. longer. Okay. Well, that's all I got tonight. Yep. Anything from you, Tony? Nah, that should be it. All right. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. <laughs> This has been a Hannah Tree production.